Tonight we welcome the men behind Scary Movie Research Center and Cooperative Forever Midnight. They regularly release a horror-themed podcast. They make appearances at horror conventions. And they're giving me the creeps. All three <laughs> men have enjoyed a great deal of artistic output over the years through music, through photography, through illustration. But tonight, we focus on their love of horror films. Please welcome to the program, Jeff Overn. Hey, how's it going? Brian Henderson. <laughs> Hello. And our returning champion, Josh Staples. <laughs> I win. Thank you. <laughs> I win. Thank you. When I was about in third grade, I found myself alone in a back room in the back of my house. I could hear my mom up in the kitchen, and I turned on the TV and watched a movie called 13 Ghosts. And this was in oh, maybe yeah. 1963. Yeah. I was terrified. And when the movie was done, I remember at the end when the ghosts were coming out, uh, all these little ghostly faces coming out of the screen at me. And uh, <laughs> I was terrified. And I actually had curled up in the corner and was afraid to move. The only thing that kept me sane was I could hear my mother out working in the kitchen. So I knew somewhere in the world all was right. <laughs> but I saw the film maybe 10 years ago, and I'm watching this thing thinking, oh, my God. This is one of the cheesiest things. How could I possibly have been afraid of this? But I was. It terrified me at one time. Sure. Oh, sure. I, I love that. How old were you when that happened? Third grade, I bet. Third grade. Let's talk about your guys' first experiences with horror. I, I can't remember exactly which one came first, but I do have a very strong recollection of seeing Thriller and then Poltergeist. Because Poltergeist would come on television and then I'd end up watching it and just scare the fucking shit out of me every fucking time. And it was, it felt very similar to my, my life and my family. Like I was about the age of the little girl that got lost in the television. We lived in a very similar kind of house. I, the, the family was very much like my family, you know, I had an older brother, so forth, you know. So it really like hit home for me and just it was absolutely a fucking terrifying movie. But you like that feeling. I get. I, I guess uh, at the time, I mean, I connected with that. I kept watching it, but it, it, I mean, it, like Tom was saying, like it really f fucked you up, yeah. you know? Like it, it gave a real physical experience, and then you just it stuck with you. I think one of the first ones I saw for me, it was like not sneaking around, but it was at my cousin's house, so it definitely was somewhat taboo, I guess you'd say. But um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas the original, Chainsaw. yeah, that was. Wow, like, you watched that as a kid? So, yeah, that was that was. That one, Children of the Corn and Nightmare on Elm Street. Those guys, Children of the, the Corn was a good yeah, film. Those are the ones that mm -hmm. kind of really sealed the deal for me. But I remember my brother wouldn't sleep for like weeks because of Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> and I was like, yes, like, let's do this. Like, what that's can what I get I'm more? I'm talking about. Like, that's such a cool experience that you have that you only get in horror movies. Yeah. You keep thinking about it like it affects you. There's it, people who don't go swimming because of Jaws, you know? Like, yeah. Just, yeah. That's crazy. Well, it's the thing. It terrified me. But I I, there was something I loved about being scared and being like freaked out you know and mm -hmm. and now it, since so, it's so far and few you know movies that do that that when it happens i'm like oh my god like i want to you it's, know sure. it's I like any it, you know? any of those experiences in life you always wanted to feel like it did the first yeah, time yeah. Mm -hmm. but you're always chasing that first high <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly you're not yeah, gonna get sure. it back but yeah, sure. yeah. chasing the horror dragon yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, it is it's a, it's a series <laughs> of disappointments and then there's like a diamond in the rough you're like oh. and that's what keeps you coming it back it is what, what do you love about horror movies like what has drawn you and tom i'm curious about you too Maybe if you love them, what what has uh, drawn you to build this organization, make a <laughs> podcast, travel to go to uh, conventions? Like, what do you love about the genre? 
Oh man, I don't know. I mean, there's there's so much so much to love. There is uh, a lot. I mean, I mean, there's there's a fun taboo nature that comes with it, you know, and seeing gore and death and and boobs and drugs and whatever else that happens, you know, <laughs> all the things you're not supposed to see. Exploitative stuff in movies yeah. is, is it's, it's pretty kind of, awesome. That makes it fun for mm-hmm. sure. But I don't know. There's always something that just I just appeals to me and the things that I like, and I just love the way they look and the way they make me feel. I don't know. What about I, you guys? I, I like the idea of just that. There's something. Even if it's campy or not, but something that can truly scare you, like to like, a, like nothing else can. Like a, an image, you can just take an image from something, and it like will freak people out, you know. And that I, to me is like been a huge, obviously with my photography, but also just in my life, like to like strip everything down and like just pull apart like one thing, like one, you know, this thing can scare the shit out of you, and like that's awesome. Like that you, you can do that with something. And there's not a lot of things like sure you might like music and you, you know, certain things, songs like they're they're your life, you know. Like I love music so much, but like I've never like been obviously scared of music, but there's that's a whole different emotion. I feel like where I'm just like sure. this is. It, you know, you can't, I don't know, it's, it's weird, but you can't, you can't turn back from that feeling that you first get when you see something that's truly scary and truly frightening. Well, that's interesting. So it's like fear is an emotion, much like love and, uh, and, and just like the horror movies can like trick something in your brain, not trick, but you know what I mean? Set off something in your Trigger, brain that yeah. makes you feel something. Right. You know? Uh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're exercising some, some, I mean, like we're just out of the fucking jungle as human beings, you know, like we're still animals and we're, we don't have to fend for ourselves as much and like hunt and fight for food in our lives. So, I mean, we still have those instincts in us and this is a good way to, to kind of deal with that and get it out and see death and it kind of experience. I mean, same reason people go on roller coasters and just get that feeling and you get that adrenaline rush, you know, cause your, your body thinks you're about to fucking die. And so it jacks you up and <laughs> yeah. get and you're that nice. Like, I want to do it again. It feels good. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's a good release. <laughs> and maybe in, for some people in the moment, they're like, oh, I never want to do that exactly. again. But then they get done, they're like, okay, I'm going to get in okay. line again. I yeah, want to yeah. do it. Sure. Let's do this when I want to do the yeah. e-ride. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I do love that Like, there's people that they watch a horror movie like once and they're like, I can't never do it again. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I know people like, you know, that will never watch horror movies because it affected them that much that one time. And that's incredible. I mean, you don't see that with any other yeah. genre. Uh, what, what's been out recently? Modern films nowadays that are... I, th- I think we all have the same answer for this one, don't we? Lately, we absolutely have the same answer, oh. and it's in unison, It, it Follows. follows. <laughs> this is an amazing movie that came out a couple months ago. It's unbelievable. Wow. It Follows. It's it Follows. Incredible. Yeah, totally low-budget independent film that never was meant to be a wow. wide theatrical release, it's, but it caught on. Yeah. And it's it's got, kind of a callback to the the 80s horror that we love like the John Carpenter kind of stuff and a little yeah. bit of The Shining without being like wink wink retro you know yeah, like it has like that feeling like he clearly loves those kind of movies and is inspired by it and does something totally original which is fucking rare yeah. right now it's, it's Super just the, rare, uh, yeah. the basic idea of the movie I'm not even going to tell you anything about it but it's completely original unlike any movie you've ever seen just I, just concept wise well cast I mean young people playing young people for once not like 30 somethings playing teenagers right. like it, is very believable. And so I would think then in order to do that, you have to be innovative because your brain, you know, you see a movie do something one way and it scares the shit out of you. Right. If you see a movie copy that later, you're going to be less scared by that, right? So uh, innovation and uh, figuring out like what the root of horror and how to express that is very important. Yeah, it depends on how far back you go uh, conceptually. So if you could, you could make a zombie movie, but you've already, you've made a zombie movie and you can make them fast. You can make it slow, but you've made a zombie movie right there. Yeah. Like this guy went all the way back before all those archetypes and began a new original archetype, which is totally unique. So, yeah. and it's not even that f- revolutionary movie, but it's just a great, unique, simple. It's, it's, movie. it's, it's a so great idea. Simple, really? With great music, great yeah. cast. And it's, um, 
It's smart, super smart. But that movie spoke to you because of exactly what you said you guys love about horror, which is yeah. that it activated a part of your brain where you're like, wow. Well, I mean, maybe maybe you love it as horror fans, but right. also you sure. could recognize that it was a, a scary movie, right? And it was just a good horror movie. Right. Well, the yeah. amount of scary movies we watch, too, like, we know... Like, we don't know how to be scared of this brand new idea. Like, yeah. We know how to be scared of all the other ones, sure. like, when, why we're scared of it. But when you introduce a brand new idea, you're like, you have to start thinking about, oh, now I'm back to the beginning. What would I do in this scenario? Yeah. What is, is it, wow. what's scary about it? Is it just, is it, it's not, certainly not the gore, it's just the idea. Yeah. When the idea is scary, that's the that's thing. The, that is the best part. Like, you can't, you can make a gory movie that's about a tired idea and it's just lame and Well, like, how long has overdone. it been since you left a movie, <clears throat> a horror movie, uh, that you actually think about? The t- days later, weeks, weeks later, later, yeah, like that it creeps on you, and it's like it's so weird and simple, but it's it just it's, it's playing Usually on everything. Usually, the best ideas can. are, though, yeah, you know, and it's not one of those things that's just like over overdone more like mortality issues and you know terrible people being tortured it's just this great unique idea that's and, and not really explained PG. away either like a lot of movies want to people the audience always say they, they want to know why this happens you they know, want to know the origin story or, of whatever yeah, me the origin scary. how do i be no all just all the information <laughs> this leaves it all wide open you just you don't have a fucking clue what to do with this situation and okay which is a good lead into our friend brian here uh, creates horror <laughs> scenes uh, uh, for, uh, for photography, people uh, hire you to create horror, right? Yeah. You, you make death scenes, <laughs> yeah. and you try to find creative <laughs> ways to express it. Yeah. But you, the way you put it on your site is that, you know, for you, it's more about, like, where it comes from. It's not just throwing a bunch of blood on somebody. Right. Yeah, so tell just us a little bit about the process. Site, dog. No, I, I really... I, <laughs> but, but you have to do the same thing that that filmmaker does in your Kind work. of, yeah. I mean, I think, like, for me, I mean, like, yeah, I love campy horror movies. I love gory horror movies but the ones that really truly speak to me are the ones that i can't explain and i can't there's not like everything just handed to you it's what i leave with and what i think about for weeks on end afterwards and texas chainsaw did that like they didn't show what leatherface looked like they didn't show this so like growing up like the movies that really scared me the most were the ones that didn't do that and and so when i thought about like wanting to create something scary i didn't want to give you everything I wanted to like leave an impression and I wanted to maybe like leave the start or the end of something, but you have to figure out how that scene came to play out. You know, are you guys students of horror film history? Yeah. To some degree. Unofficially. I've yeah. never been to school yeah. for it, but well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you, you, you appreciate like the last hundred years or so of horror movies <coughs> oh, sure. and, you, yeah, definitely. and you can kind of yeah. uh, very broad stroke sort of be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well then this movie came out and everything kind of changed a little bit. Oh yeah. So, Dude, yeah. Horror movie has been crucial to cinema. I mean, like it has been groundbreaking all, all the way through like very early on. Would you mind sort of expanding for people well, about that? Well, okay. Um, well, like when the first when they first figured out how to make the the motion picture, you know, moving pictures. One of the first things they did with it is they projected on a wall on a street a train coming at the camera, and it w- people would walk by and be scared shitless at this train coming at them because they didn't know what the <laughs> fuck was happening. And that's like the, one of the earliest uses of this new technology, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the to first scare people. first yeah. actual <laughs> movies ever made was Thomas Edison's Frankenstein. He did a version of Frankenstein mm-hmm. early on. Uh, one of the absolutely did 1910 was when it was produced. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the one of the earliest blockbusters, the first blockbuster ever was Jaws. You know, one of the earliest uses of CGI was in horror movies. Like uh, Alfred Hitchcock, he's he's developed all these techniques and styles yeah. that people use constantly to this day. I mean, yeah, like it all goes back to horror. Horror Spooky stuff mm-hmm. breaks yeah, sure. new grounds in cinema all the time, and but we still like it gets no love from from anyone 
word season comes by, no one gives a shit. You know, it's just <laughs> still considered low art for some reason. It's like a step above porn. Is it is uh, barely, yeah. just barely. Yeah, yeah, but when you look back at some of the originals, uh, there were Nostradamus, I think, or not Nostradamus, it was uh, Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh man! Yeah. Spookier. Nosferatu still, was the still. first uh, vampire themed movie, and it, it was produced in 1922. There you go. Mm-hmm. Doctor Caligari in the cabinet of Doctor Caligari. Yeah, great movie. Was one of the first like art house films. One of the most successful independent films. Twice has been well Halloween, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and then Blair sure. Witch Project. Well, Halloween uh, introduced us to Jamie Lee Curtis. I think didn't it? Did it oh, did? Yeah. God, and I'm still in love with that woman. She's and it's like one of the first yeah. real like <laughs> independent <laughs> film that made a shitload of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the first, uh, what is considered maybe to be the first horror movie, was a French movie called Le. Do you know this movie? Le Manoir du Diable. Does that Mm-mm. ring a bell at all? Um, anyway, it was recorded um, in the late 1890s or created in the late 1890s. Wow. So we're looking at like, you know, close to 120 years of horror film, if that's yep. the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, and the point you're making, and I, w- I wonder if you guys agree, it's an often disrespected art form or not respected art form. Not yeah. necessarily disrespected, but just not appreciated. There's very Probably rarely do be. films that are horror films, even though they might very well deserve it, win Oscars. I think it's... American Wolf oh, in London true. was an Academy Award winner. There's, so, there's something just undeniable, yeah, but yeah, there's, great there's inc- I mean, anytime they're like, there's incredible acting I see in horror movies, but they rarely win awards for that. You know, they'll call that movie a thriller, and then all of a sudden they'll win an award. You know, like yeah. Silence of the Lambs yeah. is a good example. That, yeah. um, so that's that's kind of irritating, but but what it la- what it lacks in like as far as highbrow creative or like you know critical praise, it yeah. really does have in Die Hard fandom absolutely you know, there's yeah. so many crazy horror fans out there absolutely. and it's more and more you see there's like four or five horror conventions in the northern california right now you know but when you're talking about a beautiful film uh, and a horror film it was uh i think the original uh phantom of the opera yeah. oh yeah cow, that Fantastic. is such a lyrical thing to watch and uh it just plays so well I actually learned Love something it. watching that film. It was uh, when they finally get down to the catacombs. I think they were afraid that the Phantom is going to throw a noose around their neck and hang them. So <laughs> they were all walking around with their hands on uh, along the side of their head. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and so I think awesome. I found myself doing that a few times when I was a little kid getting scared. Like, all right. <laughs> it's funny what the trends of what scare people. Like, yeah. I'm going to get hanged. Yeah. I'm going to get hanged. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to get just strangled. That was a big yeah. one. Did you know Phantom of the Opera was deemed culturally significant by the Library of Congress and selected for preservation in the U.S. National Film Register? You know, I hope it was. In 1989. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, there was a film called The Terror, which was the first horror film with sound in 1928. That was a... Uh, Boris Karloff, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Was, yeah, I was in the terror. And so that's interesting. And then uh, Lon Chaney. Do you guys know Lon Chaney oh, at all? Oh, of course. Absolutely. He's Man of the, the Greats. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he's considered the first American horror star. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah. the He was one of the biggest yeah. stars of his time, though. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. just. And he did all the makeup. He did all the makeup <laughs> himself. And Wow. Yeah. yeah. What a for, guy. For Phantom he, of the Opera, I think he, like, had a string that he. Tie it around his nose and would pull it up, you know, make it look yeah. like Kevin Bacon's nose, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and that's spooky right there. Yeah, it's a terrifying. <laughs> scary. Real scary. I mean, like, he went through a, a lot of physical pain yeah. to accomplish yeah. these roles. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. What yeah. He but went I mean, through. think of how iconic his, like, the people that he just created. It's insane. Oh, the Hunchback. Yeah. I mean, like, he really, like, wore Wonderful. bags of, like, heavy yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. sand or something. And then just, Incredible. And, like, had, he's had a you fucked know, up back ever since, just really messed himself though, up. I think it's called a horror film, but really it's a poignant film. I don't. I, were they? Is it a horror film because of him being a hunchback and his face was all contorted? Or well, uh, that's kind of what made it fall into the genre. But these are all very classic stories, and even though the you know 
Dracula and Frankenstein are the, the classic horror novels that they are, you feel sympathy for Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, you feel sure. sympathy for certainly the Hunchback and yeah. not so much the Mummy, probably, but definitely the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Phantom yeah. of the Opera, yeah. Absolutely. yeah, absolutely. You feel absolutely. sympathy for Lon Chaney's yeah. Phantom. Yeah. And there's, I mean, something about just the way that he looked and the way that the character was that tragic Faustian character yeah. that he had. Uh, the, I remember my the first famous Monsters of Filmland magazine that I saw. My dad were my dad's copies. Those were in the fifties and sixties, and they still had their, their big thing was this page by page expose of the frame by frame Phantom taking his mask off. And this is twenty thirty years after the movie was yeah. made, right? Wow. So it's yeah. like that sticks with you, and it still sticks with everybody. When you see that Lon Chaney's Phantom, yeah. it's oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Still, you guys no. just remind me. Uh, also, in what was it the thirties, the Great Depression? Like the the studio system was was in the shitter like no one was going to see movies because no one could f- afford it but horror movies dracula came out and frankenstein soon after that was what was keeping everyone afloat like universal studios would have gone under if it weren't for those films do we right. think those were those big budget films for their time or could, was it partly because they could do them cheaply maybe uh they were they were they had a, a pretty decent budget they also um with with dracula they had a they were able to release it do a wider release like they had a they released it in, in Mexico too, you know. They wow. had a, an entire crew, so they had they had the American set and crew and cast. They'd shoot the their scenes during wow. the day. They'd go home, and at night the the Mexican, Mexican crew would crew. come on because they didn't have subtitles then. Right. So they they'd do the whole movie exactly the same script, same costumes, different actors, wow. and, and it, but they so do it crazy. in Spanish, and then so they could release it spectacular, you know, with yeah. a wider for a wider you know, audience. It's crazy, and that's a better movie the, actually than yeah, the Todd Brown the Mexican one, Dra- but Dracula. Uh, it's just I've a, heard it's definitely a better movie. It just wow. looks better. It's like richer. The was it? Did the, they have the, the same cinematographers or did they? Not? No, different. The cinematographer was was even better, and the, the director was better. They had more like fluid <laughs> movement wow. shots and like because it was very static. Dracula, Todd Browning just yeah. really kind of set the camera up and just boom, there's set a shot. But this, they had these like p- nice panning shots. The only problem is it didn't have Bela Lugosi playing right. Dracula. Yeah. If it had that, it, oh my god. Um, one of you guys on the Forever Midnight Facebook posted that Scream was one of your uh, favorite that was, movies, that was me. That's Jeff but right here. Yeah. that it also ruined the genre for the next 10 years. It, it saved it and ruined it. Saved and, it and, and ruined it. I mean, that's really an uh, ex- exaggeration completely, completely. <laughs> but well, I mean, well, tell horror, us about that, because of course... films were in a, in a weird spot in the, in the 90s. It was coming out of the, the slasher craze, and that was just oversaturation of that shit, you know, and just millions of sequels, all the Friday 13th, all Nightmare on Elm Street, so on and so forth. And it just seemed like they were running out of steam, running out of ideas, and just people weren't weren't paying to see it anymore and getting sick of it. And everyone kept saying, horror's dead, horror's dead now, horror's dead, it's never coming back. And then Scream came out, and all of a sudden it's successful again, you know? So Nightmare on Elm Street 7 happened right before Scream, right? Yes. So that was Wes Craven. So was Scream. And yeah. Wes Craven made this extremely self-referential Nightmare on Elm Street movie, which was the best. It since, was too like, ahead of his, his time. Yeah, it was so it was he was he was it was too smart. It was also a nightmare movie. So if you weren't a Nightmare on Elm Street fan, you weren't going to see the big picture and see right. how. It was, I think he did. Way I think you probably saw. This revitalized and rejuvenated Nightmare on Elm Street movies because they were starting right. to suck, suck the big one. <laughs> so, um, and he figured the, the, the <laughs> real big one, yeah, <laughs> up and down it. So it was like they finally did. They they figured out that if you are self-referential and you make and you make a joke out of it and you have this kind of meta thing that he brought to horror films with Scream, yes, which hadn't been really hadn't been done before in a way that you're not breaking the third wall, you're not looking at the audience and winking, but you might as well be because you're you're. Yeah. You're doing to pretty much what Cabin in the Woods did, 
but 20 years earlier. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And it, I mean, it's, wow. which is And this movie was actually really scary. I mean, Scream was really scary at the time. And it was Very fun. There was funny moments. Teenagers were didn't talk like a bunch of idiots, you know. They were, they were yeah, a little so more, they were more bright, I guess yeah. you could say. They were, had like. A little more real. More real, absolutely. Yeah. They had a lot more personality in this movie yeah, than tons they did of in another one. See, that's yeah. where it gets scary. That's, that's what I liked about uh, a movie like The Shining. Uh, they, the characters were kind of real oh, while yeah, this was really, all going yeah. on. And that really made it spooky to me. In fact, that made it tough for me to close this building a couple of nights. Oh, yeah. Right. Being the last guy in the building after <laughs> seeing real, The Shining. Very, very over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah very over the but top. It's, it's, it's but so, the characters so are, yeah, pretty, so are pretty believable. The, the, yeah. the son and, and wife are really believable. Yeah, really good. So I would say Scream was a, was a, a, a marker in horror film yeah, history. Absolutely. Things changed absolutely. after Scream. Yeah, and then afterwards, everybody just copied that formula, including themselves. And so it just was another pile of stinky fucking shitty movies <laughs> that just, just copied that formula. Just a like, bunch of dollar bunch of, DVDs. <laughs> yeah, dollar DVDs is all, all happened. Well, I mean, obviously that was an important movie. And then uh, what do you think? One of the next really important ones, Blair Witch Project, was a very important oh, yeah, movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another, the most successful independent movie ever made. Oh, yeah, ever made. cheaply it, made besides. Extremely yeah, yeah. Get, cheap. That's why it's so successful because it, it made yeah, yeah. loads of money and yeah. it was so cheap it to make. It cost yeah. nothing to make that movie. No. Yeah. And just laid the groundwork for yeah, okay. a million shitty movies since. <laughs> yes. and everybody copied that and of you course. know you know what was really fun about Blair Witch Project and I remember this I, I saw that movie and you left wondering well how real was that right. yeah, I did yeah. too yeah. I absolutely yeah. this is before I had, like had internet access so I didn't really couldn't really look it up I didn't I just I heard it was a real thing and it looked it was, like a real thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You got in early was, and you went to go see it before people started. Before that, like there were interviews about it. Yeah, you left thinking it was somewhat real. And so that, that's and terrifying. We, that's something we've really lost. Like, oh yeah. With the, with the interconnectivity and the internet and just every people getting smarter, younger, and just yep. I feel like that, everything's fake. Well, and, no, <laughs> really, and, and, and everything is. But it, it felt yeah. like when I was growing up, everything wasn't necessarily fake. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but, it's, everyone's very skeptical. And every about movie seeing anything. Every movie that's come out too says based on true events now. So, yeah, and it's right. totally not. So yeah. you're fooled. You're automatically going in like us always, and we're like, this is bullshit. <laughs> See, if it says the thing about Blair Witch that I think is so successful. You see a movie nowadays, and you're like, we went and saw fucking, I don't know, what was that shitty movie? Um, <laughs> so many. There's so many. There's way too many I feel to so, we feel obligated to see shitty movies we'll these days. Down Whatever one, oh, we saw As Above, So Below, which is about, so um, which is about the, like, a bunch of kids going underneath the catacombs in Paris. So they're where all the skulls and shit are. Um, and apparently there's, you know, other dimensions and other shit like that, which is, you know, probably not really true. But it says based on a true story, and then the next thing you see is Ginsburg from Mad Men, and you're like, okay, I don't believe it already. <laughs> you already know, you, like, it's already, I can't believe that this is based on true characters. And Blair Witch, you'd never seen one of those actors before. No, and that's, that's another yeah. thing about these low-budge horror movies. If they're low-budge enough and they're, you know, if you saw a movie that was made in Pittsburgh, it was all Pittsburgh actors. If you saw a movie that was made in, Cal in like, anywhere else, yeah. it was all regional actors. So there weren't people you'd seen before. Those people could become stars, like a lot of people did in George Romero movies and yeah. stuff. Texas yeah. Chainsaw. Whatever. Texas yeah. Chainsaw, yeah. yeah. And some people, and a lot of the times they wouldn't, but if you haven't seen any of the actors before, it's a little more, you can get into their character because yeah. they are only that character to you. That's not like you're not seeing. Is that why uh, foreign horror movies work so well for us? Not only do we not understand what they're saying. Yeah. You can't, I can't tell, can't, if, if can't tell if they're bad acting. French is <laughs> saying is not delivering a line well. Right. I can't and tell. We don't recognize them. Yeah. So be great. It's more real. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. What a unique thing about the genre, though, because um, most people, uh, I don't know, lean towards uh, movies that have like A-list actors, people that they know or whatever. But in fact, those, the are, those are safe, aren't they? But it, but in the mm -hmm. horror genre, it actually helps to not know them. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it does. And yeah. not to know the origin of whatever the 
the scary thing is. That's yeah. always but this is also once again like what what we're saying about what we like about these movies is why these movies aren't successful. <laughs> like if there's not a big star in a movie, people are gonna not probably watch no, it. They're gonna go. see it and go, this, this movie's fucking low budget. Too much gore, too a much lot boobs. Of people, you're never gonna get a wide yeah. release. You're <laughs> gonna get a straight X. But, well, but, wait, but so you got the Saw movies. That's a ton of gore in those, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> well, it's nothing. But are those as, as gory as they look? Because I haven't seen it. Oh, yet. they're this fucking. See, that, oh that my was, god! That was a, a, a revolution that, uh, that happened recently called like torture porn is what they call okay, it now. Tor- yeah, so it it's very yeah. just over the top gore. But there's nothing scary about those they're movies. Not necessarily right. scary. Yeah. Gore isn't Gross. scary. It's yeah. what leads okay. up to those moments. Yeah, again, there's that a lot. Yeah. Be there's a lot of scary. porn overlap. You know what I mean? Well, there's like a bunch of like porno actors and directors that have all. Overlap. There's crossover, yeah. yeah. Made the is, leap. There is. There's. Uh, we know because we, we had a whole uh, episode on the Friday the Thirteenth series, right? And we discovered oh, yeah. that one of our our favorite boob sequence in, the, in a horror movie <laughs> was actually that that movie was directed by a porno director, and so of course he had the good taste oh, in you know, the yeah. boobs. Good. Yeah. He, he did us right. There's uh, if you want to going all the way back at least to my, my memory is Marilyn Chambers, who was a porno star in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Behind the green door was in uh, David Cronenberg's Rabbit. That was, oh, that was yes, a big right, movie. Sure. She was a star of that. So there's yeah. crossover all the time. Yeah. Certainly, the Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. What's her? Yeah, what's her uh, nuts? Well, Linnea Quigley. And yeah, all those Linnea Quigley, yeah. who is also these are adult stars that ended up because I mean, once again, like it's exploitative. A lot of these movies, and yeah. everyone knows it, and there's no denying it. I I, I, I can't talk my wife out of it. it. You know, she knows it. <laughs> She's <laughs> like she. <laughs> she knows where you're going. She knows why I've been watching <laughs> these movies since I was a kid, partially. Well, would, yeah, I mean, and, and does she like horror movies? She likes good movies. Okay. But so if there's good horror movies, sure. Does a horror movie being really bad make it good for you? No. Not for me. No. no. Not no. always. Well, the funny thing is like we'll we'll if it's made in the 70s or the 80s, we'll usually love it no matter how good or bad it is, but if it's made now and it's shitty, we'll absolutely hate it. It definitely Guaranteed. Gets a, definitely gets a pass. We are, we're it gets biased. a weird pass yeah. just out of the time frame it was created in. Yeah. yeah. See, even even I think it might have to do with our age because I'll watch movies, seventies, eighties movies, and even if they're dog shit, if they're if they're funny or if they're really bad or if they have an original thing, it doesn't matter if they're dog shit. I'll, I'll like it. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll sit it's through nostalgia. it. Nostalgia. Jeff's yeah. a little yeah. younger, so he'll go all the way into the nineties with this. I do. I go I go into so the early nineties. Well, I can't really put up with it. Me either. We, we kind of we, we Josh and I then kind of top off right around oh, ninety, oh. and then yeah, Jeff's like definitely. I, I go up to ninety five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Afternoon Delight. I hated that song when it came out <laughs> years ago. Starland, whatever. I, I hated that. But all of a sudden, one of our young bands, One Arm Joey, does a version of it that is so cheesy and so poppy that I love it. I love to see these guys perform. And I said, "Wow, I can't believe I like this, but I do." <laughs> and uh, sometimes, purely bad again. Purely bad is just a glorious thing to watch if you're getting that it's purely bad and, and you're enjoying the fact that I can't believe you people tried to sell us this shit. This is incredible. <laughs> well, there's something about and I paid ten dollars for something it. about that too. Like if you're watching a bunch of young kids who you wouldn't expect to play like Afternoon Delight has, has got a huge budget right. song yeah. you know, writing team. Yeah, heavily it. produced. Yeah, heavily yeah. so produced. Yeah. But when you see that Decent idea in a stripped down janky version, which yeah. is kind of what good cool horror movies are punk. like a, making the most of what you have to work with, like using your idea and the actors that aren't the big budge actors that are unique and people you haven't seen before, like that kind of thing. It makes those ideas seem a little more 
valid when it's not a huge budget sparkly thing where you're like of course it's this movie is successful yeah. of course this movie is is pushing all my buttons they yeah. spent so much money to make it so that it's got this wide audience and people mm-hmm. are more creativity comes up too when you don't have those big budgets and yeah. you can't yeah. do everything like everyone else would you know you have to be creative and you have to think outside the box to make something yeah. work out of yeah. it which is great i think where the best it's, art comes yeah, from ingenuity comes from yeah, yeah like like a, a great idea and no budget because then you have to figure you have to you have to be have this ingenuity of how am i going to make this work how am i going to trick you to make this work and then you can really start working on on your ideas and your shots and make it all work and that's horror movies just because and any genre film really they're not for everybody because they're not they're no one because the people that made them don't care that they're not for everybody because they didn't spend a whole lot on them well it reminds me of punk rock Exactly. Right? Because yeah. yeah. you do it, um, and there's a, plenty of people think it sucks. They walk in, and it sounds loud, and it's not easy on the ear, so they don't even like try to process it. Yeah, and right. so I think that is one and aspect of what you're talking yeah. And it's not it's for everybody. For specific audience. But what's, sure. so, what's so wonderful about it, and like Sam Raimi is a really good example of this, is you know you learn the basics through horror, and then you go on to achieve a, 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 amazing feats. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. Spielberg, he started in horror. He started in horror. Duel, Jaws. I had no. Yeah. Okay, shit, man. Jurassic Park is a fucking horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Also, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. watch it again. It starts off yeah. with a stormy night. Uh, there's some spooky sounds going on. You don't know what's happening, and then a guy gets eaten alive by some monster yeah, that you right. don't see. I think boom, uh, right off the gate. I think stigma. I just think people are bred to feel that horror is here and other genres are up here and it's just really hard to break out of stigma. So you, yeah, you would ask. It's like, the same thing with like sex. You're not supposed to talk about sex or and it's some, some dirty, terrible thing right. yeah. that you're not supposed to think about. <clears throat> same with death and, and well, those, those kind of horrible. Yeah, it's people that don't like, that aren't going to be into punk rock or aren't going to be into heavy metal, aren't going to be into horror movies for the same reason because it all sounds the same to them. It's like they don't notice the nuances in like they can't tell the difference between one punk band, punk band and another. Like they would go to, yeah. you know, a, hard, a hardcore band and another band just sounds like noise to them or the same with metal. They, would, they don't know the difference between fucking right. crew and Slayer. But there's a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A giant difference. But it, it's just that idea of heavy metal that makes it, they're just like, and the same with horror movies. They don't know the difference between Nightmare on Elm Street and, and Friday the 13th even though there's such different ideas. Yeah. One's supernatural and one's just a fucking guy stabbing people. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's nuances in everything and unless we're, you're a fan, you're not going to really get into it. And I think that's really what we do is we just get super geeky and get way into get it, way into it <laughs> and talk about the nuances between the movies yeah. and what's good about it and what's successful and what's not to us. Right. Certainly not what's successful in the, in the big picture because we, we can't tell. So you guys set up tables at conventions sometimes. Or yeah, you, we have. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, and what does that mean? Like, what, you, you, you buy the space and what do you do there? What do you guys do? We're, we're there to promote the, the podcast mostly, but we also, you know, we... we we're all artists and creators, like you were saying about Brian's photography. You know, Josh. Josh is a designer and an artist. Art, I'm an yeah. artist and a designer. So you know, we create a bunch of stuff: t-shirts and posters and all you know, all kinds of stuff that we we have for sale at these but, these cons. We're kind of kind of yeah. turning it all, not only we promote the podcast as the main part of it, but we're also kind of turning it into like a it is it's a cooperative. It's a it's an art collective, you know, and it, it's mm-hmm. so we're producing art and we're mm-hmm. you know we're doing prints and things so we'll be and, selling you know. prints and our own t-shirts and yeah, buttons cool. and that kind of working stuff with there. other artists and yeah. stuff too which and is we're cool moving and into doing bigger things than just that too we can't really discuss it yet what we got we got things lined up though that are yeah the brand forever midnight may yeah. do some other cool things we're branching out we are yeah. branching yeah. out we I, we can make a special announcement i won't say too much of the details but we are putting out a record Wow, a, a, a film soundtrack. We're putting out a soundtrack yeah. to a film, a score, if you on will, a vinyl is, LP. Is, is there a film that goes with it? 
There is a film that's been out for a long time. I can't say. I'm not going to say oh, what it is. Sweet. That's that's. But I'm that's I'm breaking works. ground here on your yep. all's podcast because okay. we haven't even said it on our own yep. podcast. Yeah, we but we're putting out a, a record album. It's never come out on the vinyl. Oh record. wow! So it's, it's never been. So, it, so it's Forever Midnight Records. It'll be like Forever Midnight. <laughs> Just the company. Yeah. If my wife hears I'm starting a record label, oh, I'll get my throat slit tonight. Yes. So yes. probably I'm not going to go ahead and say it's that because it's no, not. No. <laughs> but it, and that's not going to be exclusive what we do. But we all love no, music. But we all play thing. music. It's, yeah, I mean, and we're, we love making records. So it's yeah. kind of like there's going to be a lot more like yeah. like shirts driven by art from ourselves and from other artists. There's going to be a lot more I mean, posters. Just, yeah. and the sky's the limits. I mean, it, you know, obviously time time is a constriction and and money is a constriction. But sure. But you guys have so many different directions you could take the project. That's kind of fun. It is. Yeah, we can yeah. we can do just about anything. We've talked about doing. There's all kinds of little projects and fun things we want to do, and, and little products we can sell. Because now that we do occasionally do tables at conventions, that's I cool. mean our 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 product is free, so we can't. Sell. Our main product, yeah, main is product, just us yeah. shooting it's shit, us. and that's free. And you can get that. We we wouldn't make people they pay for that cheap. at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, and it's uh, and one thing that we have done on this podcast and same thing that you've guys done which i really appreciate is you're not there's so many we've we've listened to so many other podcasts just to see what other people are doing and it's really just to people in their in their bedrooms like skyping with somebody else so it's yeah. like someone it's just this weird disconnected voice in a jar yeah and then another guy and that's <laughs> there's nothing and there's nothing like you know this people around a table talking and actually <laughs> actually talking yeah. in yeah. real Having life a conversation this, in person a, yeah. a huge difference and so that's what we do, and that is our product, and the three of us are what make that unique, I think. And that's yeah. what makes any podcast unique. That's what makes yours unique, is that you guys are who you are, and that's what makes your your show so awesome and so great to listen to. Yep. If it was to any two other dudes on this stage, it would be drastically different. It doesn't Absolutely. matter who yeah, it is. Every, every month, yeah. Exactly, drastically different. So, um, Well, you guys are easy to talk with, so I think your podcast has got to be pretty cool. You know, I bet it flows like it. fairly nicely. We, we got a really, really great fan base right now, and it's, yeah. it's been wonderful. We got to meet uh, at, at these cons. We get to meet a lot of the people, and we interact with them online, and they're just so sweet and they're, they're great. It's some, some real diehards out there, and it's been fantastic. It's pretty awesome. That, yeah, yeah I mean, we you know to just start something, just talking. And we have like this have, great community going yeah. like uh, over the internet with people who live so far away from us, and they but they. They feel like they're a part of it. You know, they, they they sit there and they listen to our conversations. They're they're there for it. You know, they get to experience it. So it's yeah. it's fun when we get to see them and and talk to them in person because they're talking to us like we're dear friends. And yeah. we we've never met them, but they know us well because they've heard Perfect. all our fucking they've heard all of all our, our little thoughts story. and all our insecurities, all our little yeah. things that we do. You're going to conventions. You're meeting people. You're making connections. You're meeting childhood idols. It's true. Um, yeah, it's crazy. That's been pretty that's, awesome. That's, that's <laughs> kind of twofold though. I mean, like I've just, I can't watch those movies that these people are in that I've. We've met I, for some reason. Like I can't not see them as real people now. Well, now, I can't oh, see their, them as actors. I'll tell you that what, <laughs> William Cat is always the greatest American hero for me. You, I saw. Sure. I sat yeah. right next to the greatest American hero, a show I watched right? religiously as a kid yeah. and loved. And I saw. And I was. I know him from every movie I'd ever seen him in. You know, I saw him and and I was like. I can't believe I'm sitting next to the fucking it's, greatest American hero. It's amazing. And then I it's left amazing. and I watched the greatest American hero a, yeah. a couple episodes. Yeah. Like, this show you sucks. the shit out? I still <laughs> love it. Yeah, it's, it, it's yeah. weird. You look back at that stuff you thought you loved. The Man from Uncle was was my was my show when I was oh, a yeah. kid. Boy, those things were really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Television is really bad. It's really bad. For the most part. <laughs> but yeah. it's got a magic when it's on. Yes. <laughs> but in conclusion, you're making your own dreams come true. Sure. And you're able to entertain other people while you're doing it. That's great. I and, can't believe people 
we're entertained by it, but that's great. Yeah, we hope, we hope <laughs> yeah. we're entertained that's by fantastic. it. That's fantastic. But that's really cool. Yeah, it, it is, is really cool. cool. You guys know it's really cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a blast, right? This is a really cool concept you guys got here. I mean, I've seen so many shows and played so many shows on the stage. It's it's really fun. Yeah, it's it's great to to come back and and just hang out. Absolutely. And you know how many people in the world really don't get what we do, what you guys do, and oh sure. Oh, there's a huge population. Even our friends. Anytime you go to like a get it. It's like Christmas time. You go and see you see your family, and they ask what you do, and you mention you do this podcast, and they're like, "What? What is that? It's like a radio. Say it's like a radio. What time is the radio show? What station is it on? Exactly. It's not like that. Yeah, the grandma wants to check it out. I'm like, grandma, you ain't gonna like that. It's on infinity on your dial, and I talk a lot of f words and drop a lot of dick bombs. So it's like you don't want to hear it. Truthfully. And with that, we say, my goodness, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank, thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and we look forward to whatever the Forever Midnight Scary Movie Research Center oh, yeah. and Cooperative has to show us in the years to come. Yeah. Thank Thanks you, Jim and Tom. Much. I love you guys. Thank I love you. you guys, too. Excellent. Wow, that was a gas.